Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it. Welcome back, guys, to the Armchair Experts. Um, we're just uh, let's just dive straight into it, here, guys, and I, go I straight channeling, channeling Richie Benno a bit there. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to uh, Chew for Chew Chew Chew. Jesus, <laughs> this, like, like, I, I can't help, help myself. You're going to have okay. to listen back to that. <laughs> I can't help myself there. Yeah, um, okay. Uh, yeah, so well, let's just dive straight into it and just talk about um, the squads for the upcoming Ashes series. Like we all know, we we are all three of us are just literally frothing at the mouth over the prospect and other places as well about the um, <laughs> prospect of these teams that are coming up and going to do battle in the uh, fiercest coliseum that you can possibly get in cricket. And we'll just talk about the English team to start. Uh, so the English team, uh, they've Good named. Luck, a- what a shithouse lineup. <laughs> <laughs> So the England side named a, uh, a 14-man squad for their upcoming tests. Uh, so in uh, alphabetical order, we'll, we'll start with Joe Root, the captain, and the rest of them in alphabetical order. So we've got Joe Root, Moen Alley, Jimmy Anderson, Joffre Archer, Johnny Bairstow, Stuart Broad, Rory Burns, Joss Butler, Sam Curran, Joe Denley, Jason Roy, Ben Stokes, Ollie Stone, and Chris Wokes. Joe Denley sounds like a musician. Like It sounds like a stage name. That Sydney Sixers legend, Joe Denley. Uh, so what do you think of the side, guys? I don't think there's too many shocks in that side. No, it's it's the same kind of thing, though, isn't it? Really, it's just there's a lot of hitting in that or in that lineup. It's yeah, a, it's very much a Test cricket lineup. They, they they picked this. It's about five years ago. England just went with this approach where they're going to have a very deep batting lineup in their tests. 
arena. Yeah, oh, yeah. Gonna, back down to eight. Just I'm gonna, on the side, I'm actually going to go the other way. I think their bowling is going to be very, very hard to handle over in English conditions. I mean, you've got uh, what a Anderson, Chris Wokes has been the last. You've got Anderson and Broad who have been doing doing things for England in England forever. Like those guys are the highest. They've got the highest wickets for a new ball partnership in the history of Test cricket, and they're not um, letting up. Got Chris Wokes, who's been fantastic in ODI and Test cricket since he's come into it, and they've actually finally picked up probably something that that England side has been lacking in Test cricket for a long time: is a bowler with a set of wheels. I mean, Jofra Archer is going to give that side an extra bit of dimension. Like that's what well, we that's what we do. I sides. think we pick bowlers that are 145 k's plus, and we rough guys up. And England have lacked that. And potentially a big Archer, question mark over the guy though, as well, because like we've seen a lot of short form of Jofra, but. How's he go in long spells over long periods during a day? Well, I think with the England going to running in with, I personally think England going to run with Mo and Ali as their their spinner, and they'll pick four quicks. So they'll have Wokes, Anderson, Broad, and Archer. Archer won't have to do a great deal. He'll come in. He'll just he'll he'll come in, Be- tear it up, bowl as fast as he can. Four over spells, and you'll just let the three, the three the main quicks. Four over spell kind of guy. It's, it's yeah. the nature of the sport, though, is that he's going to have to find himself having to bowl fourth and fifth spells. Well, potentially. Well, it's, it, I, guess, I guess he's starting quite well in England in the sense that he 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 won't. It, you don't generally bowl long periods there. And no, yeah, especially I mean, in going on Australia's recent form over there, where they. Yeah, can get skittled we'll quite be, quickly. We'll be doing quite well, I think, if we're making uh, Joffre Archibald fourth and fifth spells. <laughs> I think if you if you compare it to Australian conditions, yeah, you don't have to toil as much over there as a bowler. But still, um, the, the, be, the, test, be, the test of the man is yet to come. You'll be right. It's a big test, big change from um, 2020 and ODI well, cricket. For, for um, a guy who I haven't seen any form from him in any kind of long-form cricket... I'll be interested to see how he goes. Yeah, but I think it's definitely... It's a bow that... It's a string to the bow that England haven't had in a very long time as a guy with genuine pace. And I think that's something that we've always... We've always considered as Australian fans we've had over the English bowling attack is we've got the the extra Ks. You know, we can bang it in, yeah. rough the batsman up and... I, I don't know that that's that important in England, though. I mean... No. Like, you can't teach speed. I know speed's we not just the saw, most important. We just saw Tim Murtagh take... Five for fifteen was it? Fifth, yeah, five for, well, five for thirteen. I think in the um, he, Irish test. I mean, he what? They're talking seventy-five miles an hour. He's averaging about mm. now. Calculation. I'm used to doing these calculations now. That's about one twenty. Mm. That's oh, one twenty if you're lucky. Anderson and Philander have made it clear that you don't need to have genuine pace in England. In England, but I, I do think that the addition of Joffre Archer is going to be a welcome one, where they've got that extra gear to step up to. to Sort of unsettle Australia's bats, but I think that's a great pick for them. He, need, he needs to get in the nets though, because well, from what I've seen in his short form, he's he's relying very much on his pace against inferior batsmen, and his stock ball seems to be a back of a length ball, which especially in Test cricket, everyone can deal with. Like if you're not going to be wearing the stumps more often than not, then you're just not going to be going that well. He did show that he's got a fair fair amount of control. I mean, that first spell, that first spell in the World Cup semi-final to Australia showed plenty of control there. I think it, I think longevity is going to be his biggest test. Yeah, I, I don't think, think I don't think skill is going to be an issue with Joffre Archer playing Test cricket. It'll be longevity. He needs to get in the nets. Like the luxury that England have is that he doesn't really have to do that donkey work. And you've got Ben Stokes. You've got yeah. Ben Stokes as another genuine Test bowler. <laughs> you want, you want to liken so. him to a bloke? He's probably the same thing with uh, that young Yasprit Boomer as well from India. He he come out and they were just like, oh, he's a short form guy. He's bowling these really weird actions and bowling all these change ups and. 
He's hey. came out and destroyed us in the last test match. Just defied, <laughs> defied everything. Uh, um, I think uh, looking at the other end of the batting lineup for England, their um, their top order is very very shaky. I mean, we've, they've obviously had documented issues <laughs> finding another opener to partner Alastair Cook for quite a long time since um, Andrew Strauss left. And we're looking at that top order. You're probably looking at. Likely it's going to be Jason, Jason Roy, Roy, Rory Burns, and Joe Denley as their opening three. And I can't say that that's inspiring a great deal of fear into the Australian bat- and bowling, Australian bowling lineup. Um, the middle's a bit stronger. The, the middle's, I think their middle is a, a fantastic middle order. Looking at Joe Root, Joss Butler, um, Bairstow, those guys, uh, Bairstow and um, Stokes, that's going to be a fantastic middle order. That's that, that's going to win England the Ashes. That's, so where's Stokes batting in that lineup? Seven. Stokes will bat at six, I'd imagine. I reckon their lineup's and, probably going to be. And at, at, at seven. Yeah. yeah. I'd imagine their lineup's probably going to be something where you're going to have Burns and Roy to open. You'll have Danley at three, Root at four, Bairstow at five, Stokes at six. Uh, Butler at seven. Butler at seven. Ali at eight. Ali at eight. Eight. Oof. Wokes. They bat deep. Anderson. They bat deep. Oh, you, Wokes, got, Anderson, Broad. Even Wokes. He's, potentially you know. Joffre Archer in there as well. Look, you've got... Uh, they are, It's a very talented lineup. Depending on depending on how you go with uh, some of the more veteran players in that lineup, they're definitely going to yeah. give it a red-hot shake. When they're, when they're batting down to eight, I always... This is pretty Aussie, but I always feel like they've picked a team to draw a test match. You know, like, your batsmen don't win you the test match. It's the bowlers. I'd normally agree, but I think England have certainly got enough wickets in under Broad, Anderson and Wokes to certainly stuff us up. Yeah, I think... I think the big concern is for mine, um, we're all expecting Joe Root to bat at four. I think this England side really needs... Like, and Joe Root needs to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And that England... He needs to bat at three. I can see, like, mm. in that, in, like, Rory Bird's technique was really exposed by Ireland in um, the, the recent test. Uh, I don't see him being much of a threat at all. Could ho- hopefully prove wrong. Hope it's going to be too serious. Um, Jason Roy has got a lot to prove as a test opener, and, and so has Joe Denley. I can see England being two or three for not many and putting a lot of pressure on that middle. Like, that middle order is definitely the... Uh, that that's that's the key. That's the trump card. England have the trump card with that middle order. Yeah, and I but think Roy the, is dangerous if he gets in. They just have to get him early. But it's not one day cricket though. It's test it's match. True. We all know that it's yeah. a bit different. And I can see I can see Australia getting into can, that middle order. The same could be said about Usman Khawaja though as well. Oh, like, we'll, we'll get yeah, to Australia's lineup shortly. We're we're not yeah. batting the life <laughs> either. But I think that's probably the weakness that the Australian bowls will be looking to expose is knocking over that top three really early and really getting in that middle order with a new ball. And I think that's the mistake that England hopefully aren't making. Is they're not sitting there and saying that ODI success is the same as Test cricket success, which is that they've just won an ODI with certain certain batsmen from this team and they're going to sit there and say, well, we're bringing these guys into a Test arena and we're going to go well in that. They're, they're trying to build a new top order and you're not going to just manufacture that. Joe Root's sticking firm to where he's found his position that he can score runs. Same with Steve Smith. Steve Smith likes himself at number four as well. And but well, that's worth mentioning as well. As the guy who's coming back to the arena in this test as well. Um, I, I just for mine, I think Joe Root needs like the the caliber of batsman in that top order is very very shaky. I think Joe Root needs to like we all know that Joe Root is class. He's a genuine class player. I think mm. especially they lose a wicket early. Like to be really like Australia could realistically knock over Burns, 
Roy and Denley and it's, really it's cheap. Not, it's not if like you get Joe Root to come in and stop the rot, and you're having yeah. Denley batting at four. It just spaces that out a bit, and you've got a bit more control over it, the game as opposed to having to come in at two for thirty, and you've got your back against the wall. I mean, Joe Root's already has documented um, troubles converting fifties to hundreds, and I think if he's using all of that mental that mental energy to rebuild an innings, and I think that's got a lot to do with it. He's done a lot of repair work over his test career of late where he's just fighting a good fight to get England out of a hole because their openers haven't done a job. And then he finally gets to 50, the mental guards come down, everything's starting to become easy, and then, bam, he gets out in the 50s. And I think that's got a lot to do with it. He's expending a lot of mental energy early trying to get England out of a hole. Where he comes in at one for, you know, one for ten, you know, it's not great, but he gets in, sets a sets a platform, and all of a sudden, you know, you could end up being one for 60, one for 70, one for 80, and then new runs start coming it's, a bit freely. It's not like he needs that protection either. Like, yeah, he's, like he's, he's got the technique. He's been an opening test opener before. Right? Yeah, he's opened the batting in tests. He doesn't need, you know, he's not like a Brian Lara, and, you know, Lara batted at four. Um, he tried at three, wasn't as good, you know, still Brian Lara. Mm. But at four, you know, you're really attacking guy like Lara. You can understand why he comes in at that time. Whereas Root, um, you know, he's not he's not outwardly attacking. He's about average as far as mm. aggression goes. I think from a point of view of what would the Aussies not like to see, I don't think they'd like to see Root at three. I think they'd, they'd <laughs> lick their lips at getting him in early. But I think from a, a balance point of view, the Aussies yeah. would be looking at those three those three guys, Burns, Roy, Denley, and they'd be like, we can have England three for not many, mm. most tests. But you flip uh, that on its head as well, I guess, arguably, if they get Steve, if, if they get Joe Root out there in the first few overs, and then they get him quite early, and then you're looking at Joe Denley at four, it's the same kind of argument, isn't it, though? Because you're sitting there and you, either way, you're looking at Joe... Um, he's he's shouldering a lot of the burden either way, Joe Root. Oh, he's a quality sense. bat, and that's the thing is you can't go out there and expect and expect them to be um, having that fear in them. It's the same thing with, but they've picked Joe Denley because he's a decent bat. I think I've, I've rated him in the short know. format definitely. I don't think decent bats should be batting at three though. Like uh, historically, it's been your best batsman bats at three, and I, I like. Except with Lara. What about, well, what about <laughs> Tenduka as well? Tenduka is a four. Like th- these guys, these guys have found their sport. Mess that this is where they score runs. Like, I-, I agree. Like, your best bat should be able to take that burden on. But if you've got, if you're finding a balance to a team, you need to, especially on home soil as well. It's it's the best spot for you to try and cement your number three. Which, if they think it's Joe Denley, then it's Joe Denley. Well, it'd be interesting to see how they go. Or, or, Absolutely. Or, or, I personally it'd be interesting think interesting to see them just fall over and. No, not do anything. Yeah, I'd love for just, them all to fall over, not do anything be, every great game. To and, see yeah, look, you, you talk about comp- competitive games. We don't want to see any competitive <laughs> games. We want to see. We want to see absolute we want, we want slaughter. That, we want that earn back. We're, so if England are going to trot them out, and there'll be two we for not many pretty, every game, I'm happy with that. We were getting pretty bipartisan there for a second. I, <laughs> I, got, are, I got a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> what, are, what are we thinking? We're, we're still Aussies, right? What are we? What are we thinking about the rest of the lineup, though? I mean, they've still got the best all rounder in the world. Arguably, maybe Shaq above Hassan in there as in as well, but oh, Ben Stokes. Yeah, well, it'd be Stokes. I'm pretty sure they will be trying to get him into that side too. Yeah, <laughs> keep Hassan confined in England on map, so that makes him eligible for the English side, yeah, doesn't it? Look. Oh, now we're now nah, we're doing it. Love it. Now we got it. it. Um, like obviously the the middle order has been England's strength for the last few years. That Root, Bearstow. 
um, Stokes, Butler combination, those sort of guys. You've got Ali throwing in there. I think Best, though, is probably a bit shorter runs in the test arena. He hasn't done a great deal in the last few years. He's had a pretty decent one-day international sort of... Um, you know, his, his tenure in the one-day team has been quite fruitful, but I think he's lacking a bit of run. I think he's averaging mid-20s since 2017, so he'll be keen to get some runs under his belt. Had a pretty decent finish to the World Cup, so um, that's one to watch for. He's definitely had an interesting first few innings against Ireland there, getting cited for uh, encroaching on the danger zone. <laughs> How would you be? Matty Wade. <laughs> Two guys in the one test, game, test series that have both been done for it quite recently. Hmm. But yeah, I think this is definitely going to come down to um, down to the middle orders. Um, I think Australia, when we're looking, we'll get to Australia's side shortly. What, what do I you think, think about um, Ali as the the spinner? I mean, he just keeps taking wickets, and I can't see why. I mean, do you call it the Moeen Ali theory or the spaghetti theory, where you just throw it off against the wall and something will speak? <laughs> usually, you know, I would agree with you, but the guy keeps taking wickets. I just. He must be doing something in the air because he doesn't do anything off the pitch. You know, like must just, be. You just, you just watch him bowl, and you're like, "This guy is a part timer." But he, he just has the stats that he just has a knack for taking wickets when you don't want him. I think a lot of it has to do with a bit of disrespect from the batsman's point of view. That I, I think I think in Test cricket it has a lot to do with disrespect. I think in ODIs he's a different beast, but in Test cricket it's definitely like I remember watching him like. In the latest summer of cricket, he, he took a few decent scalps, and it was just literally like David Warner. I remember a few times just trying to clop down the wicket to him and just go catch you later, and he got out a few times, just hitting out to long on or long off or something like that. Not overly fussed about his record bowling in Australia. I mean, Matara Mulithran has an average of over 70 in Australia, but I think bowling at home is where you look at how Ali's true value as a bowler. The, the, the last Ashes series. Ali should never have been their primary spinner. That's not going to Australia. No way. They've they set him up to fail. But over in England, he just seems to have this knack of like of just being a really good bowler. And it's just yeah. when, you, when you look, he doesn't. He Ali doesn't pass the eye test for mine. But he just ends no. up bowling and bowling and bowling. And you'll come out of an innings and you'll take three or four yeah. for, and you just. How? How has that happened? So I think Australia really needs to to play Ali well with, with respect, um, because he's a guy that will give you. You know, if you, if you play him well, he'll give you a nice, comfortable four to five runs and over. So on the, we, on we the, on the world on. stage of test spinners, where would you rank him, though? Is he, is he oh, down the bottom or is he absolute, up the top, in absolute, the middle? Like, ability-wise, you're looking at Ali as he bowls and you're like, this guy should not be a... He shouldn't be a frontline test spinner. He, he's accurate. He, he's an accurate <laughs> he bowler. He's spot. a good... He's a very good part-timer, but I would be I would be thinking, in a vacuum, if you're looking at Moen Ali and he's your number one spinner you're not going to win too many games. And I think that's the case when they ask Ali to do a lot of work outside of England. Is it a bit of that whole... They, they try and target bowlers nowadays. and They have for a very long time, I guess, but it's just... You sit there and Mo and Ali is just a guy you're trying to relieve pressure with. When you've got... Especially in England, when you've got very accurate seam and swing bowlers. I think there's a bit of that. I mean, England have got a pace battery that really complements each other over there and there's not a lot... There's not a lot of reprieve when you're playing England in England between Anderson, Broad and Wokes and Stokes. You're looking at Ali and Ali's sort of not doing a great deal off the pitch. You know... He's not getting a great deal of dip. He's just sort of like, it's just there. 
you're looking at that going, I've got to get, I've got to score runs off this guy. Where am I going to get them from? Everything's but, hard work off at the other end. I need to score runs off Ali, and then you get a bit too overconfident. You cut when it's a bit too close, or the, you get a bit of natural variation, and that's where he picks it up. So Australia need to be vigilant when they're yeah, playing against. Mohammed. I think they've got to they've got to target him, but in a different way. They should be like. Moen Ali is going to bowl 30 overs this innings. We're going to make him bowl and bowl and bowl because they've got bits and pieces players like that. You know, they've got two all-rounders in the side. Let's really make those all-rounders hurt when they're bowling. And then when they come out to bat, they might be a little bit, you know... A bit of Good coaching stuff. advice from the boys there. Just, <laughs> just throw the ego out the window when it comes uh, well, to look, Moen Ali. We, we, we are armchair experts. bloody <laughs> Yeah. So we're going to move on from there. We're going to go talk about the uh, yeah, so the main this, event. We're, we're slaved in the, our eyes anyway. We've saved the Australian side second because there's we've got quite a bit of content. Why? Well, oh, a bit of contention. Nice. So Australia have named a seventeen man squad. It's been quite a saga to get to this. We've had um, Australia A over in England. Um, a lot of the Australian players are over there for the World Cup, obviously, and it's boiled down to a an intra squad four-day game, which only ended up going for three days because no one could buy a run. But we'll go and list the squad. So the squad has been whittled down to Tim Payne is obviously the captain. Cameron Bancroft comes back from suspension um, to make the squad. Patrick Cummins, Marcus Harris, Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Usman Khawaja, Manus Labashane, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Marsh gets another go-round. How Michael, does he do it? Mitchell, Mitchell Marsh. Michael Nisa, James Pattinson. Great to see Pattinson back in the side. Finally oh, yes, healthy. Yes. Peter Siddle, Steve Smith, again back from suspension. Um, Mitchell Stark, Matthew Wade, after middling everything that's come his way for the oh. last two years, has finally got himself no back one in the it more than that. Guy. Keep the and, gloves away from him, but get that fat and, uh, <laughs> and lastly, David Warner as well, coming back from suspension as well. So that side's been whittled down from, I believe, about 30-man squad of, um, of 30 place. Men, like, even, even starting with a 30-man <laughs> so squad... I guess my, my first it's, question there is... is let's look at the, let's look at the outliers th- from that. Who do we not like in that side? Well, obviously... I, we've already spoken. We've <laughs> already Mitchell audibly Marsh. sighed about it as Mitchell Marsh. Like, how many cracks uh, can, can one guy have? He, he, he still is young. I mean, you, you forget, you think, oh, Sean Marsh has passed it. But, um, you know, Mitchell Marsh is a, a lot younger than him. That's that's one thing that but, he does have going for him. Look, Marsh has and, made and the really, other thing is you, that you, he's you a boys, really boys, nice bloke. You boys had a look at the <laughs> in, in, intra-trial game as well. Has his technique softened at all? Is his hand softened at all? <laughs> no, um, like, this, sure is, this is the massive thing that I had He's still a dasher and a crasher, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. This is the last time that Marsh got recalled to the side. He made a, a heap of runs in... 180 in, in, at the Wacker, was it? Yeah, but he made... Get back into the side. He made a bunch of runs playing for uh, for WA and uh, on a pretty flat deck. Got back into the side. Ended up beating a, a well... Like, score capitalising on a well-beaten English side at the end of that Ashes series. And everyone's gone, wow, Mitch Marsh has finally turned the corner. He's finally developed into that, that match-winning number six batsman. And they were doing that based on the pure statistics that he was providing. They weren't looking at the way he played. They were looking at the runs that he produced. He got over to South Africa that weren't carrying the mental scars of a failed Ashes campaign. He got out, made a good fighting knock in the first innings, and then was thoroughly exposed 
for the rest of that series. He hasn't improved. He still goes way too hard at the ball. He's really bad at rotating the strike. He's still the same player that he was when he first debuted with the bat. He is not improved at all. And but the other the other side of that as well is they, they seem to be picking him on based on that interest squad game where he was taking wickets. He took five. Yeah, he he, he doesn't bowl for Australia. He he has never bowled consistently long overs at any point. No, like if you think he's going to rock up and just take a five for us, all, all I can see is that dream. they've they've picked Mitchell Marsh to maintain. So. I'm hoping that they'll go in with six batsmen, wicketkeeper, four bowlers. But I think they've picked Marsh to be that guy in case they needed to to complement their bowling without losing too much in batting. The problem is that we will lose batting because Marsh is a horrible batsman. The way I see it, if you wanted to pick an extra bowler in English conditions, what you would do is you'd elevate Tim Payne to six and you'd cram uh, Nisa in there. I think Nisa's going to be Your boy, Glenno. My boy. Um, Nisa is... Which is funny because he's not a New South Welshman. He's not, you know, he plays for Queensland. He's, he's got a fairly respectable first-class record, but where he really picks it up is when Australia started using the Duke ball. So if you were going to look for an all-rounder, I think that you'd go with someone like that in your side. Well, he's but very much a bowling all-rounder. Very much a bowling all-rounder. Um, so moving forward from there, some of the things that we're not quite happy about are some of the players that missed out, namely Joe Burns missed the squad. Thoughts yeah. on that, guys? A very good question. Is What did that guy have to do to earn a spot in this team? Especially when you consider that there are guys with injuries in that squad, namely like Usman Khawaja. And you talk about he's got mental scars, arguably, like fatigue-related injuries and stuff like that. But, like... At the end of the day, he's going to get the job done. You know he's going to get the job done for Australia. He's, he's got runs on the board. He's, he's got he's got more form shown than some of the other guys in the squad. I mean, from a another pure... guy, another guy is Curtis Patterson as well. Like these well, guys just, are scoring runs. Just yeah. on Joe Burns, um, so he was officially the 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 main factor in him not making the squad was he went home earlier in the English summer with um, fatigue related symptoms. I believe he picked up a virus and then went home to recuperate and has come back and is now playing cricket. And that has worked against him. My big contentious point with that is Guzman Kawaja is currently unable to play cricket because he is currently injured. Yeah. Why isn't he held to that same scrutiny? Mind you, Guzman Kawaja has done very little in test cricket. There's the last score of note, obviously, coming in that second innings against Sri Lanka. But it was the second innings where the game was well and truly in hand, based a lot off the hard work that Joe Burns did in the first innings after Australia were 3 for 28 after Kawaja threw his wicket away again Burns goes out scores 180 partnering up with um, Travis Head and Curtis Patterson both of those are Centurions Patterson also missed the squad so Burns has gone from scoring 180 as an opener in his last test to not even making a 17 man squad for the next test series that's what, what more does he have to do? He's played 16 tests and he has eight scores over 50. He's only had one series in his whole career, I believe, where he hasn't scored a 50 in that series. Like yeah, it, is, it makes you wonder what what you have to do. It's it's and this is a thing that we've talked about a lot, guys. Is the the selection panel for Australia seems to be very inconsistent in. The way to get into a team seems to be a lot harder than the way to get out of this Australian team. Well, the selectors, this is the last tour, I believe, the select, the current selection panel are actually on. They're, they're stepping down as of this tour. And I, yeah. I personally think they've sort of left their... Phoning they've basically in. left their, 
their legacy is summed up in this squad. Players that really should be there have been left out for, they, for they, players like Mitchell Marsh. And like, did they get their final paycheck after this squad announcement? Or? Oh, <laughs> like, and like, I don't want to like speak ill of Australian players. I know that Mitchell Marsh works hard. I know that he doesn't. He wants to do the best that he can, but he's. But he's it's just more of not a horses for courses. He's he, just not a test quality player. And he he needs, getting you chances. need to watch the ball under your nose in England. You need to w- play it late and play it on the back foot. Mitchell Marsh is a front foot, dashing, crashing kind of batsman. It's the same with his brother. He's he's got hard hands, and you can't have hard hands playing in England. You need to be able to watch the ball onto the bat, play it late, play for the the deck, play for the swing, play for everything that's going to come at you in those conditions. And I, and I don't think he offers enough with the ball to warrant him being in the squad either. Like, I just don't see why you would compromise your batting lineup that much for the very little that Marsh offers with the ball. But uh, we could like, we could talk about how much we don't like the Mitch Marsh selection for the rest of the podcast. But the <laughs> well, other contentious pick... We, 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 should, we should make note that it's we don't have anything against Mitchell Marsh. We just have things against his selection. And I don't think it's good for him to, to be constantly just selected... When he's not ready. <laughs> oh yes, we. <laughs> yeah, as you, if you've heard our first podcast, we've talked about Virat Kohli. We don't like that guy, but um, <laughs> but yeah, moving along. So the, the other We're not going to get crack into the Indian market here. The other, the other contentious point, obviously, Cameron Bancroft coming back from. He was arguably the most expendable out of the three players that um, were suspended in the sandpaper scandal over in South Africa. Obviously, had Smith and Warner, who were genuine world eleven class players. Bancroft was a you know a gritty right-handed opener that had made a few fifties, but never really cemented his spot in the team. Hasn't is scored a hundred. No, it was a, it was a pick and see kind of selection. Is it? Yeah. It? Is it a bit of a? Well, Bancroft obviously in the in the interest squad game, he scored a ninety three. Yeah. I Same mean, with Mitchell Marsh, got a bit of got a bit of a go in that in that thing. Like that night, how serious was this? Is this trial for starters? <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like you know they might have actually just been wearing pajamas or something. You know, well, that, that ninety three has obviously got him into the side, and like, and he's had a very good county season. I'm not opposed to Cameron Bancroft being in the in the squad. I think he's done enough to. He was the incumbent. He's done enough in what he's the ability. You know, the games that he's had to show off. He's done enough, I think, to be in a seventeen man squad. It's just um, yeah, a bit of a left field pick. A guy like Joe so, Burns, who is in the squad and scoring hundred, is left out. So would you Bengals. leave him out and put Joe Burns in in your squad, or would you leave out Marcus Harris? Oh, I, th- I, I there's only seventeen. I for one probably would. I don't think in a game where no one has scored a fifty other than Dave Warner, you can really leave out a guy that has scored 90 with his county record that Bancroft's got at the moment, I'd have him in the squad somewhere. It's to be a honest, interesting I think we've point. got too many fast bowlers. I probably would have dropped Marsh, and I probably would have dropped Siddle, and I probably would have had Bancroft in that way. Burns and Bancroft mm. in for those two. How many How many quick bowlers? So we're currently carrying Cummins, Pattinson... No, so let's Hazel count them off. Two. Pa- Cummins, Hazelwood, Pattinson... Three. Siddle, Stark... Four. Five, Nisa, six, and Mitchell Marsh. If you want to, yeah. you want to count him. So I don't. How many quick bowls are we going to go through for a five-test series? I mean, Siddle can well, stay but, out of this. But squad. two of those are non-specialists, 
Uh, I suppose Nisa, we've we've branded him as a bowling all rounder. So that's he's got a, he's got a that's bowl. six players going into three slots. He's got a bowl. You're not going to pick Nisa as an, like as a batsman. He's going to go in there as a bowler. Yeah, yeah. I th- he will not bat above eight. He's not going to let you down as a bowler either. I just think like we don't need that many bowlers for a five test match series. Um, I know it's it's a tough question. I don't. I, there are lots of people saying that Bancroft doesn't deserve his position that we've heard over the the last couple of days. I think he's done enough to deserve it. It's just a very contentious one, considering the you know, obviously what's gone on in the background with the sandpaper I scandal, and then the, the players. Interesting that point have, you raised there, though, as is that you've got Marcus Harris in there, who again is another guy who he's got in that squad and he's stuck in there now. It seems like because he's. He had his chance when Davey Warner is away. He, he had his chance to kind of put his hand up and say, potentially even take Dave Warner's spot in that squad. There was a lot of talk I remember talking just before the summer of cricket with India where this is the chance. You know, let's 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 try and find two new openers. Ability-wise, I don't think Warner was ever in danger of being dropped from the side I completely. Think he, I think he could have been. If, if they had found two bash-crash openers, I especially with... David well, Warner's an opener averaging nearly that, 50, and he's a, he's a game-breaker. He's, he's also, a, he's also a guy north of 30, and he's a guy who's, you know... At the end of the day, he's got, he's got a few good seasons left in him, yes, but I, I, I'm not sure how long. You know, these guys have an expiry date. Oh, they do. I don't think Warner's anywhere near his expiry date. I think no, if anything no, was going to keep Warner out of the side, anything was going to keep Warner out of the side, it was going to be how well he would fit in with the new culture. If Warner yeah. couldn't behave, that was going to keep him out. But I don't think you would look at Marcus Harris is nowhere close to the test player that Dave Warner But that's is. what I mean is they, they persisted with him and Aaron Finch during that summer of cricket where they could have tried and unearthed <laughs> a new opener in a for, in the form of you know potentially a Joe Burns like at the end of that series I he, think they, he went and scored some runs they went with Finch to start off with I believe because I wanted sort of a, an experienced leader I mean obviously Finch hasn't played any test cricket before now but he was a long time set up and captain of the one day team I think that played a lot in his test but selection but wasn't that kind of the thing with having like a Sean Marsh in there as well like how many how many guys do you want that are veteran players that lead a team in well I, from what we've gathered I think I don't think Sean Marsh is really much of a leader they've always talked about Marsh and the both Marsh brothers being those sort of just those genuine good blokes around the side I don't think they, they were really that vocal I think they were just sort of those hard working toiling guys that you love to have sort of your in your you circle just, of friends, but I just, don't think. I guess that's a whole other point as well. In, in, the, in, that, Indian, in that Indian series, they were carrying a lot of batsmen who they were carrying because of varying reasons other than their batting ability, which is just it just raises more questions. And <laughs> it seems like they're dragging that into this yeah, series I mean, as well. If you're going to pick people who are good blokes, then you know there's there's a chance that we could get the call up, oh, right? It's the old New we'll South Wales. We're, we're pretty good blokes, yeah, and we're right. rubbish at first class cricket, so <laughs> we're right in line for. We're a on par with the Marsh Brothers. Sorry, <laughs> this last um, yeah. answer your question. Now we're talking arms. I think Marcus Harris, we're looking at that, has probably got the most tenuous grasp on that. He, he hasn't really taken mate, taken his chances in Test cricket as yet. Um, but, you know, he, he's there. He's probably going to open the batting with Warner, I'd say, at this point, and Bancroft to be a reserve batsman. I really batsman. hope not. I actually, I'd like to see Cameron Bancroft back in there because I think he's shown a lot more promise in his limited chances than what Marcus Harris has. Mm. So, let's whittle it down, guys. We've got a squad of... Um, we've got a squad of 17 here. What's your 11? Let's go. What you, let's start with oh, the openers. Who opens the batting for you guys? Well, I, like, like I just said, I think personally Karen Bancroft, but you, you're leaning more towards I, I Marcus would, Harris. I would pref- 
Like I, that was my how I think the selectors are going to go. I'm going to yeah, talk well, now that, from my personal preference. Yeah, I look. would go with I would go with Warner and Bancroft. I think Bancroft's got a he's shown that he's got a technique that'll keep him left hand right hand combination. Keeping good set in he's England, he's got a tight one for defense me, though as well. Is who, who's your number three? So obviously, the incumbent will be Usman Khawaja. Um, for mine, I think Usman Khawaja is going to be really unlucky to get there. I would be batting Steve Smith at three. That would be yeah. Michael. Okay. Right. A guy who's really surprised me, actually, is um, Marnus Labuschagne. I've been following him a bit in the um, in the county form that he's had. He's, he's he's the first guy to 600 runs or something like that in county cricket. He's scoring up some decent titles. He's going quite well. That's that's attractive. For, yeah. For and, and he bowls at the end of the day, he's figured out he, he wants to be a test player. Like, and it's the same reason why I actually like, quite like Curtis Patterson as well. Like, we're all big Curtis oh, Patterson fans. Oh, massive Curtis Patterson fans. <laughs> I'm really upset that he's These guys are just guys who put their hand up and said, look, I don't... Labuschagne to a lesser extent, but they both just said at the end of the day we're test players. We're not. We're not going to play like Patterson's foregone, albeit arguably through the fact that no one would pick him up. He's foregone BBL, and he's not really playing any other kind of short form cricket. He's just playing test cricket and long form cricket. You have to use this squad, right? <laughs> yeah, you have to use this squad. So it's yeah, too, it too complicated. Well, that's what I mean. So it's, like these guys. It's always going to appear to us, and I guess you can also throw Glenn Maxwell in that mix, where he he forewent. Oh, we, we, <laughs> we can take this for. I think we should just stick to the players from the squad. So, but, we're, but look, look, at the end of the day, we're, we're spitballing about a team here, and I think. Well, the, maybe we the, should have the like one side that's within the squad that they pick. The, the attractive, so, the attractive right. part about um, Test cricket for us is that. People are putting a price still on the baggy green. Yes, and Marcus Labuschagne definitely falls in that in that column. Yes. So if we're going to go from the plays, we can just pick our our dream eleven, I suppose, a little bit later on. But from no, our, from our eleven from, just, the, from the squad. Guys. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Aaron. So I'd have Smith at three and Labuschagne at four. They would be my middle order. Yeah. And then for the next ones, I would have Travis Head. Um, Travis Head, he batted really well over in Australia. Um, obviously, there's some technical deficiencies we picked up while watching the Indian series. He was very, very loose, wide of off stump. Same thing with Marcus Harris, really. He's Plenty a guy who looked very comfortable early in his innings getting to a and certain And found point, ways to get out. And then just gave his wicket away. Especially, like, the amount of times I saw Head going after something really wide and getting caught at third man or at gully or at cover... Just didn't need to do it. He's got to tighten that up. Looks good against the Sri Lankans. He batted under extreme pressure when we were, you know, three for not many in that second test. Um, I don't think he's a lock for the side by any stretch, but when he's a leading run scorer against India and coming off 100, he's got to be in there. So I'd have him at five. He, he, I, I, I think he is a lock, and I think we've told this before, boys. Oh, is that I he, think that's probably a statement. He's kind of a guy who's well, getting painted. Well, from squad, he he's, has yeah, to be a He's lock. a lock from that squad. I think in days gone by, he's not. you wouldn't be looking at Travis Head's body of work and saying that guy is definitely an Australian test player. But he's a guy who's getting... He's definitely getting groomed for a um, leadership position yes, in that absolutely. team. In our current environment, yes, he's definitely a lock. But if you're going back 10 years and you had a batsman like Travis Head performances, he's not a walk-in for your side. He's certainly a lot to work on. In our current environment with our current squad of players, he's definitely there. Number six, happy to say it, Matthew Wade. Yeah. Should have been there for years. He's currently back. He's well, put all the hard work in. At least last year. At least he the last two years. Yeah, he's least. put a lot of work in. He's been the goalposts have been constantly moved on him. He's been told you're not you're not scoring enough runs. Scores enough runs. You're scoring him at six instead of scoring him in the top order. Goes in the top order. Scores runs. Still doesn't get picked. This is the kind of guy we need in our team. He wants to be there, yes. and he's working in his game and making changes to be there. So Matthew Wade batting at six will. 
possibly maybe swap head and Labuschagne around to break up that left-hand, right-hand middle order so Mo and Ali doesn't have a field day against our left-handers, but that would be my top six. Bancroft, Warner, Smith, Labuschagne, Head, Wade. Well, there's not much of an adventure there, is there? Because you really only have, unless you change the structure of your side, you only have six specialist batsmen in that squad. Oh, you've got Usman Khawaja, who I, you know, most people I think would have in their side. He would probably bat three oh, for most people. I forgot about him. Okay, um, <laughs> there we go. The only thing to change, if I was thinking of my select, my what do I think that the selectors are going to do? I think that. Um, Probably Labuschagne or Wade is, misses out. And this Kawaja is a bit of a bugbear with us as well, is that Usman Khawaja, they'll fall back on the fact that he scored runs recently. But he's scoring runs in ODIs. And if you take his body of work from the Test Arena quite recently, he's got one decent score against Sri Lanka. It's been a long time since Khawaja was putting up consistent, decent scores. He's about, the bulk of his average is made up in that home summer home, against New Zealand. Yeah, he doesn't score runs away. And, and he doesn't like a moving ball. He, he, he just no. gets... He, he, I mean, he can defend a moving ball. Like, I remember... He doesn't rotate the strike yeah, very well that's right. at all. Yeah. Um, so moving there, obviously, then we've got the captain, uh, Tim Payne. Um, obviously, he's a lot for the side. We're not going to change captains halfway through a series. A lot of people are going to talk about Alex Carey missing out after a good World Cup, but Payne was an absolute certainty he was going to play. Yeah. The, only, um, the only way you could possibly find a spot for him batting, but I just... I can't see. Kerry's got some shots, but at the same time, he's not with the runs on the, with the runs on the board that Matthew Wade batsman. has got. You're not going to pick another keeper to be a specialist batsman. So Kerry will miss out this time. I think he's only got to probably wait another 12, 18 months before Payne steps aside. So Kerry's definitely been groomed to be a great Test wicket keeper for Australia, just not just with, yet. With the door open on the fact that this is just a squad, surely as well. Like, Kerry is if there still was a big in, If there was a big injury to Payne. Way you might consider getting Kerry as well, but uh, yes, at this at this point, or even I think, Bancroft. Bancroft. Yeah, so I, I think it'd have to be a pretty catastrophic keep. series of injuries for Kerry to get in. But he is playing at T20 in England at the time, so um, he's there if they need him. They're, um, they're, play the in, county, in England, mate. Play in, the long form, bro. Yeah, in England, you want a specialist keeper, you know. Uh, so moving there, you got the so bowlers, and I think I think first up, the bowlers are probably going to be pretty boring. I think you're going to go with Cummins, Stark, Lyon, Hazelwood. I think that's going to be your opening attack. I think Stark is probably the one there that's going to be the the least secure. Um, Pat James Pattinson's the guy who's just been destroying. He might be a smoky. That destroying might. wickets for fun over there, but I just think coming off the back of a, a record ODI World Cup with twenty seven wickets, yeah. they're gonna Stark is definitely a guy that bowls better the more he bowls. So he's coming off a he's got a running start at the Ashes. He was bowling well last game aside. And he's one of those genuine match winners. He gets that ball, that new ball swing, and he'll clean up that top order, yeah. or he'll clean up the tail. I think he's just that X factor, left armor. He's a bit of a morning as well, isn't he? He just needs to get a bit angrier. He just needs yes. if if he finds that in his game, he'll 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 be one of the premier fast bowlers. Hazelwood, I can see possibly having a case to answer with Pat. He's coming off an injury, and Pattinson's coming back, Storm and Strong. But I don't think they're going to change it too much. Yeah. I think you're going to get. It's going to be Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, Lyon. That's going to be your attack. Yeah, I mean, the leaving Josh Hazelwood out affects the balance of your attack too. You've got a lot of strike bowlers, Pattinson's, yeah, Stark, a lot of guys Cummins. that don't really draw up the runs and really toil for you. They, so. Yeah, they can all go for runs. I mean, you got Cummins to go, you got got to go like for like there, don't you? So what about you guys? Have you guys got anything majorly different to the squad that's the 11 I've pointed out? Look... Yeah, we've all got our ideal 11s, and I think that they'd be a very different 
beast on paper. Like, there's some guys are yeah, kicking around that no one's even paying attention to at the moment, apparently. But, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty decent-looking side. Like I say, I've definitely eaten my words in the last little while over um, Marnus Labuschagne. He's definitely... He's definitely putting the runs on the board quite literally in uh, in county cricket. And, so um, you think he's been picked as a? Uh, I reckon he'll be as a spinner as well. I reckon he'll be there. He, the fact that he can bowl leggies will be will hold him in good stead. I think. Oh, it's the same be, with Travis Head though. Like both of those guys, he's spinning options. But I think I think they'll go with because they don't they don't have a backup spinner in that. No, spot. they haven't. Not a specialist. So I think they're going. the The talk is that Nathan Lyon has had such a great run. Being injury free, that carrying a, yeah. a, a, a genuine spinner, and, and, John, John, and John Holland will be there somewhere, won't he? Like he'll he'll oh. be he'll be he's only a, he's only a player. Yeah, he, he, played, he played the interest squad. <laughs> the, 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 the only <laughs> issue we're going to run into is if a like a Glen McGrath incident happens and Lyon hurts himself on the morning of the test, we'll be in real trouble. But uh, I think if anything happens during the test, and we know that Lyon's not going to be fit for the next one. John Holland will be on a plane back That's there. so simple. Nathan where, Lyon doesn't run that much, does he? Um, so I, 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 can, I understand the reasoning why they haven't picked John Holland. I think it's a bit of a gamble, but Lyon's been pretty... He's been pretty strong with his, with his health. He's not going to be too much of a drama. Yeah, nice. All right, at this point, I reckon we should just really get down to it and uh, do a prediction for our, our first test at Lords. Is it at Lords? Birmingham. Ah, crap, it's at Birmingham. All right. <laughs> So, first test, or do you want first, to do it? First test only. Or do you want to do the series? Uh, go on, let's go in. Let's go, go long range. Let's go for gold. Go Absolutely. long range. Go, go long gold. range. I, I think then that Australia will win, but it will only be... It'll be a, a grafty one. It'll be like... I'm going to say 2-1. Just like the 05 Ashes, but the other way around. I think... The funny part is here, we're all building up to this suspense reveal, but I think we're all going to just say Australia win the series because we're eternal optimists. But I think anyone who's sitting there and actually thinking that Australia are anything other than underdogs in this series, like at the end of the day, you're a test, it's a test team and test teams are always struggling away from home at the moment. It's just, it's just a thing. India were so happy when they beat us with largely understrength team in Australia. Like at the end of the day, I, I think... I think Glenno's right as well. I think we're gonna we're gonna win the series, but we're gonna have to do it on the back of really good bowling and hopefully yeah, I, some I think decent test batting. There's gonna be a lot of like, oh, we're gonna lose, but then pull it back to a draw kind of stuff, you know. What we need to avoid is that last series in England where we we would come into a really close, like really tight. I think we were even level at the point we got bowled out for something really ridiculous and the day of like the third or fourth test. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Broad really, got eight for 15. Really, that's a really good point. I think in the last Asher series over in England, Australia were the better side. England won more of the moments that the were in the balance. important sessions. Test cricket. When, when, when the game was in the balance, England won those sessions. Australia, I think, were the better side overall. When you're looking at it, they, um, they I think they batted better, they bowled better in generally, but those game, where the games were right at that tipping point, England took the game by the scruff of the neck and, and won that series. Um, I think if the we don't have any weather-affected games, I think Australia wins 3-1. I reckon England hold out for a draw. I've got really big concerns over that England top order. I think Australia have done a really good job um, picking bowlers that are going to do well in English conditions. There's this attitude that you're getting out of the Australian camp with the uncertainty about Mitchell Stark that they're really going to be looking at picking bowlers for the conditions. So um, 
And I think I think guys like Stark and Hayeswood are going to be better for would, would better for like a run. To, would you like to do a uh, leading wicket taker and a leading run scorer also? I Steve think. Smith, leading run scorer. Yeah, that's a, um, yeah that's James Anderson, leading wicket taker. Yeah, right. Ooh, Good. It's on the tape now. It's on the tape. We can rewind it and look. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go for a bit of a left of the field option. A guy who I don't mind in English conditions is Sam Curran as well. He's he's a bit of a gun with the ball. I don't know if Sam Curran's going to make your first eleven. I think that'd be an interesting one to be. Well, he, I reckon he's there with the bat potentially. He's the left armor, right? That they have. Yeah, Sam Curran. Yeah. Well, I will oh, just to be different. I'll I'll say that Joe Root will will be the leading run scorer, and Joe. Josh Hazelwood will be the leading wicket taker. I really hope it's Hazelwood. Hazelwood was really disappointing in the last um, last tour to England, but I think it's Stark and Hazelwood especially are going to be better for the run. Cummins is a world class bowler. I think he's going to be very hard to handle over in these conditions. Um, so yeah, I'm my prediction is three one Australia. I think England will get. England are too good. They'll win a test over there, but I think there'll be a, there will be a draw somewhere. But I think that yeah, I, I've got really big concerns over that top order. I can see them getting getting through that top order pretty quick and putting a lot of pressure on. And I just feel that um, Australia's going to do the, enough of a number on Joe Root. They've got really good plans to Joe Root. That Joe Root's only going to not going to bail them out enough. I think for them to win a series. So that's my prediction. Player of the series. Player of the series. Um, I, I, uh, well, Steve Smith. I back Steve Smith to be the leading run scorer. I'm going to go with Steve Smith to be the player of the series. I'm expecting um, some some really big innings from Steve Smith in this series. And really charging back when into. When will that man's back give out from carrying this nation? So, <laughs> Smitty, never. He's got superpowers. Prime Minister. I, I think Mitchell Mark. No. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you can't bag a guy that much and then turn around. Oh, never stop believing. Never stop believing. <laughs> I, I think I think Smitty as well. I, I like the look of him. And I think he's got a lot to prove after... Um, it, like I, I don't think anyone out there thinks that, but I think he'll feel like he owes a debt to Australia in some ways. Well, to be different again, because... You know, you don't want three guys picking the same person. I might go Matty Wade as player of the series. Um, but then again, if Josh Hazelwood um, takes the leading wickets, it's pretty... I don't know. Proud, they proud, have conflicting picks. Proud right, Victorians. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, guys. That's our bit of a armchair analysis on the two squads. Um... He's from Tassie now, by the way. He's <laughs> no, always from Tassie. He's just gone back there. It's New South Wales, too. Uh, so yeah, that's a bit of our analysis on the um, England and Australian squads for the upcoming Ashes series. Um, please feel free to share any thoughts you have or tell us that we're complete lunatics if you don't agree with us. Um, we'll be back next time. We'll do a recap of the uh, the outcome of the first test. Um, we'll get into um, talking about our champion girls team if they're wrapping up another overseas tour. I've got oh, the Ashes okay. series one. How good is Elise Perry and Meg Lanning, by the way? Oh, My God. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we'll get into it. Thanks for joining us again. Like I said, I'm Aaron. I'm Scott. I'm Glad. We're the armchair experts. We'll get better at that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for having us. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.